Good morning and welcome to another Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Uh, really weird performance from an Arsenal team who struggled away from home. Somewhat a bit too late, but looked kind of convincing away from home. Where was this performance throughout the season away from home? Yeah, I mean, look, so the Premier League now, done and dusted. Um, also made a trip to Burnley. Emery did now, you know, do the rotation thing again, bringing in five players. Uh, oh, sorry, it was uh, six or seven, I'm sorry. But it's on the, the last league game. Uh, very even affair, you know, with both teams up for it. Because I also thought Burnley would now somehow take the, you know, foot of the guests going into the, like, with the last game of the season. But, you know, they gave as good as they got. And I mean, for the first 10, 15 minutes, it was end-to-end stuff. To, to be honest with you, when I saw this the starting lineup, I, I didn't think Arsenal would have competed much. I thought it would have been actually a convincing 2-0 Burnley win, but the guys that were brought in actually stepped up to the plate and showed, you know, maybe there is kind of a hope for some of the players that started. So, I think early on also, uh, like with the early salvos, Leno then had to, I think, make a save from Chris Wood and then Obama also had yeah. a when he hit the post, I believe, post the crossbow, sorry. From uh, and then I think also a few minutes later, this is all like a place of like 10 15 minutes. Uh, Charlie Taylor, the left back, also dragged one of his shots away. It, it, was, a, it was a tight encounter, you would have said it was a, a mid season or start of the season clash, actually. The way these two were going back and forth with each other, I do think Obama should have put that chance away, and perhaps he would have even had the golden boot to himself. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometime after that, uh, Aubameyang then forced Eaton into a smart save. And then straight back on the other side, like from a counter again, Lauten plays in Ashley Barnes, who forces Leno to punch the ball clear. Um, Arsenal so far, uh, in the first half, you know, dominating like bit by bit. Uh, and away game with Burnley, giving, you know, as good as they're getting. Um, Chris Wooden again. It's a post, I think, something in the, so 20, in the 25th or some minute. Uh, he was down, you know, something to dominate uh, Mavropanos. And this is also something uh, that I wanted to also bring up. Um, you know, Aiden, uh, I've, I'm somebody that you saw always, you know, when I have his back, this Mavropanos. But, you know, the last few matches I've now watched him play, he seemed very... You know, he almost like he allows himself to be dominated. And I'm thinking to myself, look, this is now your chance. Look, uh, you've now under a manager that's, you know, going to probably give you more of a chance than, say, what Wenger gave you. So, you know, make use of this opportunity. But it seems he allows himself, like, he either ball watches or he allows the striker to, you know, have time to take the ball actually on. And then he'll, like, instead of attacking the player, you'll just keep on backing off, backing off. But I, but I don't mean, like... Backing off where he's, uh, you know, where he's alert of what's around him. Like, you know, he's got cover defense, stuff like that. He just seems to back off. And then once the guy has passed him, then you can forget it because he's, he's turn of pace. I mean, I don't know if it's based on that. He, look, he was just out quite long. And I just don't know if that's just added to the fact that he's almost like, it's like watching Metasucker turn sometimes when you're watching when people are running at him. 
I, I actually was gonna, you know, I know you were a big fan of him. I remember last year, you also spoke very highly of him. So I, I wanted to, I, like, I was giving him a chance because I know when you speak of a player, it's normally like they are, like they have the quality. Yeah. So like, but these last few games he has, like you said, been dodging. I didn't want to really say anything to you. I just thought maybe you'll come and I eventually. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up. But it, it seems like he's struggling and. You know, especially with an Arsenal team now who's short of centre-backs, he could have shown, like, you know, Emre only needs to go in and buy one centre-back in the summer, but it looks like we do need that two centre-backs that you're always speaking about. But, you know, I, like my, I think my only thing now for him is he should, like, the only outlet now for him is maybe, you know, a season out, out on low to a championship side just to toughen him up because I think that is where you kind of make it or break it because... Look, you're gonna be in under even more, uh, you know, of, like in a more physical battle. You're gonna probably play more regular football, so now like being on loan from a, a like a top club to a, a championship club. So I just hope something like that happens. We he could still have a future also, but I mean, as it stands now, I I don't think so. Speaking about like I know we, not to go too far off topic, like what like with Callum Chambers coming in as well. You, there's a lot of in like Rob Holding will come back, so Mavropanos needs to you know kind of, you know, either go on loan or he could find himself drowning at the Arsenal team, you know, yeah. which could have another inflow of defenders coming in. Because, I mean, like like you know, said with, with Chambers coming in, because I think he's going to probably get a crack at, at, the, at the chancel of, of uh, a career, Arsenal career. But I just wonder if we're going to, you know, say allow somebody like Mustafi to go and then, um, look, Luke Steiner's already going, so we also short and defend somewhat. So, I'm like my thought or train of thought is I just wonder if we're gonna allow holding and chambers to come in and then maybe just bring one say top defender or you know a very highly rated type of center back to come in and with the other thing is I mean yeah I think that as we said now that with with the Europeans I think championship also even the other league but maybe a, a tougher league. Because it makes no sense sometimes loaning somebody to say a French league or, or uh, uh, say, okay, some of the Germans can be tough, but some of it's like when you go to Italy and Spain, you're not really given that, you know, sort of battering that you're going to get from a, you know, six foot six type of uh, center forward in, in the championship type of thing. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of um, players, you know, coming to the Premier League. It, it's a very different league. It demands high, it's a high intensity. Like if you, I'm someone who likes, you know, watching different leagues from time to time, watching other teams that I follow. And the, the intensity or, like, the physicality is not as much in the other leagues. Maybe a bit faster, but not as tougher and demanding. Yeah. And then on back to the game. Uh, 34th minute, Kossi came on from Avrapanos, who took some sort of knock. I mean, it looked again, again very innocuous. I mean, he collided with either Ashley Barnes or Chris Wood. Uh, Woods and and when he went down, it's not like he just couldn't get up again because he was like uh, calling for me, uh, uh, physio. And I mean, they then also felt that you know he can't continue in the game, so because he only came on. And then with that substitution, Arsenal defense actually looked less shaky because it looked more like a, you could see now what we were missing now for that 34 or 35, uh, yeah, 33 minutes. So he came on, but I mean, the, like the latter part of the first half. Also became a very scrappy and 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 you know some needless tackles going either way because you know people 
after playing the ball off Arsenal and even uh, Burnley were guilty of, you know, still getting their foot stuck in on players like after the ball was laid off. Well, Chris Willock also had, almost had a chance at the wonder goal as well. With a good, you know, receiving the ball, this back to goal turning and, you know, almost on re like curling one into the bottom corner, which just went on the other side of the post. Yeah. So, you know, going into halftime, no, no. A lot more is now expected going into the second half. Um, as for the second half, it's also start again, you know, strong on the, on the front foot. It will be then drawing an uh, early foul from Loughton and got the uh, Burnley player booked. Um, on 52 minutes, Arsenal break the deadlock. Um, Jack Cork, I think, played a back pass to me, who was not... You know, prepare for that pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got away from him. And in that time, that he made that little error, the split second error. Abameo was on him, nicked the ball, sprinted through and coolly passed the ball, past the advanced keeper, 1 0 Arsenal. It was a, it was a coolly done finish and a Bobbyang of uh, maybe four weeks back would have. Possibly, you know, scuff the chance, he did against the keeper, or just wide of the pole. But it seems like, you know, we're seeing, starting to slowly see that the bombing that I was speaking about that I wanted to start seeing, who is bossing games and taking his chances. So there's a there's a well taken finish, and, you know, um, hopefully this confidence can carry through to the Europa League final. And then also, you're trying to take this thing out of the game. And, like, you know, leaving Burnley almost like just with kind of counters to attack us. Uh, Lichstein then played the ball off to Mkhitaryan, forcing Eaton to make a good save. Um, 62 minutes, next substitution for Arsenal, Nketia comes on for for Willock. And then a minute later, Arsenal, from great hold-up play, it allows Iwobi to get himself into the box, float a nice cross towards Aubameyang on the far post, and the Germany striker finished with a sublime volley, 2-0 Arsenal. You know, I don't want to um, bring up something with Iwobi. Like, I know he's, we always complain about his final product. And there's been times this season where he's given, like, sublime crosses into the box or, like, whipping in nice balls. I mean, if he can just, you know, emulate that more often in games as ever more of a final product, I do think that, you know, he could have a bright future at the club, even if it's not scoring goals, but creating them. But, I mean, my take is still, it goes for the majority of the players that we have at the moment. I think that complacency has set in. And like even like some like I'm sure Xhaka, there's still something he can offer the team, but while he has no, you know, somebody really breathing down his his, his neck and, and you know, almost like allowing him to sit out game upon game. They take because I mean for them for me, the majority of the squad at times also take the this the, the uh, place in the squad for granted. And I mean that is almost like a it's a dangerous game to play because you see, Iwobi now, he's been set out a few games now. He's now drafted back in. So now, as you said that a while back, now you want to now show the manager, look, this is what I can do. This is what I'm capable of. But I mean, if you're going to keep on with, uh, you know, when you see that indecision and, and also with, with uh, say, with Xhaka, when there's uh, that expansive passes, which ends up causing more problems than positives. And then you, you see, I don't know which game it was, but you and I were talking about the time also where, Xhaka for about 20 minutes was doing that passes, getting intercepted. So, and then after from the 25th minute on, you started playing more basic football, like keeping it short, sweet, and and, and picking out players. Then it, everything ran smoothly for the most simply kept it. But the minute you complicate things, you just set yourself up for failure. 
I think the complacency has been Arsenal's problem for for years now. Like the start of the season, we saw a different Arsenal. Why? Probably because we had to see players proving to Una Emery that they can be part of the squad. And and I think that's why up until November we saw uh, Arsenal team fighting for places. But then obviously injuries crept in. Once the injuries crept in, suddenly you realize, but hey, there's no competition for me at centre back anymore. With Rob Holding gone. Um, with Danny Welbeck gone, there's no competition. So we saw players that doesn't take their positions for granted. And I think that's what crept into the team eventually. Because I mean, up until November, up until December, we were on a massive uh, unbeaten spree. Now, I think the complacency and, you know, earning the spot under Emre kind of, you know, showed that they can play. But when they knew they had a spot under Raps, like you mentioned, it's like there was a dip in performances. Because look, uh, uh, you can also spread it to, to with uh, regard to Grizzle. He was starting to get dropped by Emery and almost like, you know, left out, left out. So, But for me, it almost like showed a kind of weakness from Emery going into the second half where he was now, you know, forced to use Ozil because we did not have other, other, other real options because, look, we can't also burn players out. So that is also the problem. We, we, we you know, we don't have too big of a squad. So Ozil was going to be playing, say, certain games with a, you know, it was not really a game up, that, you know, where you would be up for the fight type of thing, but we would have to play him. So I think that is where the problem, I think with next season, that's where we need to also bulk up the squad, you know, have you know a, a, a certain type of squad player that can almost like just walk into the team like we would have, uh, you know, that early years of Wenger, where everybody knew what was at stake, so they needed to be on their game, you know, almost like 24-7 to play. Yeah, yeah, we can't just have numbers, man. Like you don't want to just have players for the sake of it, because you're just filling up the bench. Like I just want to bring Liverpool up, for example, maybe like you know a Shakiri type guy that come on, it can actually do a job and win a game for you. And we've seen that with Man City even. I mean, heck, they have um, Leroy Sané sitting on the bench. Yeah. So uh, with regards to the game again, uh, 65th minute, Arsenal failed to clear the ball. Uh, I think it was something like twice because I think the ball was just bobbling. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes, yes. Third time of calling Burnley substitute Goodmanson floated in a very nice ball into the box and Ashley Barnes nodded past, but you know it disarray Arsenal defence at past Leno. Kind of summed up our season actually. You know that that defending that sort of defending instead of they've had ample time to get the ball out of the box and what happens the dilly dallying and not getting the ball away. And sloppy defending, and we concede. Luckily, it was 2 0 at the time, but I mean, this has been the story of Arsenal season. That goal, you know, that goal almost like seemed to now wake Arsenal up or give him a kick up the backside. As Arsenal started peppering the Burnley goal, as well as trying the utmost to get Aubameyang his hat trick. Aubameyang missing two clearing chances, unreal the range, he missed one of the two because I think one was about five yards out, and he ends up just skewing his foot <laughs> further. You know, and I think that is where I saw, I don't know if you saw that article of Ian Wright, where Ian Wright said, you know, he was willing Aubameyang to score that three goal to get the golden boot. But I mean, through these little, you know, these type of chances, we can really, you know, bury it. I think that's also been the, 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 our weakness this season. That, you know, just getting that tackle part at the end of a game. Yes, uh, I, I, and I mean, Aubameyang for me should have won golden boot by like, Eight goals because you should have had at least 30 goals. And then I'm in mean, fourth minute of injury time in Ketia. 
I wrapped up the win for Arsenal as well. We sent him through second uh, assist of the day. A perfect through ball. Nketiah firing his effort beyond Eaton. 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, um, um, big ups to Nketiah as well. Getting his goal in the, in the Premiership. I mean, I, I nearly get it in the last day of the season. Yeah, and you know, and now with that goal and the win, it seals fifth spot for us, you know, in the season that which ended like league-wise. Actually, uh, quite anticlimactic for me because, you know, at the start of the season, okay, with a new manager, not too much was like expected, but no one sees what, you know, clinical finishing and focus defending would have got us, you know, way higher in the league, I find. Because at the end of it all, Spurs end above us, losing 13 games, only drawing two. We managed 10 defeats and seven draws. That needs to be seriously rectified next season, you know, with the next uh, title challenge, if we're now going to be up for it. Yeah but, yeah, but you look at the true title challenges and you look at Liverpool and City, they they never threw much points away. And for Arsenal, I think to get there, there's at least a heck of a lot of work to be done in the summer. First of all, I think defending, like we saw Liverpool, they, they were a very free-scoring team um, last season. But coming to like this season, they kind of bolted their defence. Their football wasn't as free-flowing, but they the clean sheets said it all. So hopefully, you know, we can build from that and try to not throw away points like we did this season. Yeah, because I mean, for me, besides the goal difference stuff and that, I just think we also considered way too much. Because then, I mean, even in, in games, we could have also been game changers. You know, games like that, uh, you know, where we were talking, I think, last week or two weeks ago, those games where we, we like, say that at Wolves game, we could have taken the loss, like say two 0 or uh, you know, yeah. But we end up conceding late on in that first half. That's already a, another blip on our record. Then you take that game against Leicester. It should have also been, you know, what I'm like say a narrow defeat. There again, we end up conceding very late on in injury time, and you know that all that type of goals has also cost us, like you know, the, uh, in the long run now. Definitely, even if we look at that five-one loss against Liverpool. That should never we should never be losing five one. I mean, I know it was a sloppy game, but I mean looking back there, you lose two, three, one, but you don't get humiliated five one. So, you know, draw into that long hard Premier League season. Uh so now we're gonna do just some, you know, off topic uh, mentions here. Um I noticed the last few actually the last week or so. It's almost like the media's trying to cause friction amongst the Arsenal fan base because now all of a sudden, look, it's not necessary, but now all of a sudden they are throwing out transfer budget numbers, which, I mean, look, most clubs try to keep that as close to their chest as they can. We talked about it a few weeks back or so. But I mean, now, and then, of course, you, you get this annual thing that they, they just love doing to, like sometimes Arsenal or even, say, Tottenham, when now they start saying, yeah, you know, key players are wanted by top clubs and and... You know, it seems too much clickbaity stuff that's floating around. So it doesn't like you need to really, you know, filter out what you can because you don't know really what to believe. Because now all of a sudden you've got, oh, Barcelona, Real Madrid are after Lacazette. Uh, Barcelona want Obama. But, you know, these journalists or sports journals, they write these articles, but they don't think, look, does it even make sense what you're writing? Like, you know, if Obama is, is like playing first team football in it. Where is he now just going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, uh, down tools, I'm going to go to Barcelona. Where, if you look at that squad, where does someone like that fit in? 
Because I mean, like, Griezmann's coming in probably, and they've just got that. Look, Malcolm. Okay, I don't know how that thing is working out, but I mean, other than that, you're gonna, you're probably gonna end up doing to your career what, what people like Silasen have done, and where you're just gonna end up being from a first teamer to a bench player and just coming that, up in special games or Copa del Reyes. That happened to Coutinho actually. I know he has played a few minutes, like he has played a few games and stuff like that, but. He's not the same player he was at Liverpool. At Liverpool, he was a, a icon. You know, everything was played through him. At Barcelona, he became another player. It looks like they want to ship him out at the moment. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, if I, if I, if there's any warning for for Arsenal players now to eat, especially I'm talking of the key players of Arsenal, just look at how things panned out for Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, it came it came with a massive, massive salary. He, t- he decided to. You know, throw all that away for for that sort of wage, and I mean, it ended up just petering out to nothing, and he's become almost like a eight figure now at United. It's so sad, eh? Our, our player of that quality, like you know, if there was games you would look at and think back of how much Alexis Sanchez actually was such an icon in that Arsenal team, and he threw it all away to sit on the bench for you know x amount of wages. It's a sad, sad sight to see such a quality player just you know career just take a. Downhill, down like that. You know, one thing, you know, one thing with also show with the league. When you have somebody like that, you know, he wasn't say liked by many, say in the dressing room, but you know, when he was going to go onto that field, he's going to put you know body and soul on the line for the club and for getting the points and whatever. And I think that is a certain thing, a certain aspects in our current squad that we don't have that sort of, you know, almost like with Henri also. He would play himself till he was literally into the ground, you know, almost like he had to uh, just collapse on the ground to that point. We don't have that with this crop. And I think that is where you're going to need that sort of leadership or leaders in that squad that's going to add that sort of drive to the team coming for the, like, you know, for the for next season. It would be interesting to see what would happen if we could get another Alexis Sanchez type player that kind of takes games with the scrap of the neck that makes sure even though they're not involved in attacking front, they at the back trying to get the ball, winning the ball back and trying to get the team going again. So I wonder like who, who that could be, you know, if we could sign somebody like that in the summer. And I mean, look, I'm not saying now all have to, like say if we have a technologist, all have to now do the, the, the I mean, I don't mind in the midfield where they do they like, crafting, a bit of crafting in it, but not where they're just going to be out at the back to help out. But I'm just meaning, like, if you, if you, if I must take now, say, for those that we've been linked to at the moment, like um, Ryan Fraser and, and um, that Wolfred are, you know, you have not two guys that can play on, like, either can play on each wing, but they can, you know, they can almost, like, tear you apart. It's almost like you'll be more of a a worry for opponents than, you know, where it's going to be this whole back and forth. Because it's not like you're going to make that, that left or right back Think twice before you know cutting forward because I think that's also we've been dominating the season where opposing fullbacks are playing so high up and Arsenal have no real answer to it. Yeah, that that, that definitely makes a massive difference because teams don't fear, will fear playing a high line in a pressing game because they know what can happen if you get the ball over them. So we don't have that at the moment. Those spicy type of wingers I mean, that all cause danger like that. You look also at, like just for a quick example that of something now recent recently um like that Valencia game okay we won the game but look at that first twenty minutes the minute they picked out that they're gonna get 
Maitland Niles that he does not have any help on that flank either. They were almost like always going to be two against two, two v one with him because the minute he starts pushing forward, all they would do is just belt the ball down the flank and they in like you know free run at, at our goal. And that is where yeah. that sort of aspect of our game must change. We they should also know. Look, if Maitland Niles goes forward. A Torreira or Xhaka drops into that sort of position or, you know, where Torreira for a few seconds will be a right-back type of thing. We need that sort of slotting in because currently we don't have that. Everybody's like, you know, doing their own thing in the middle of the park. That's where leadership comes in. That's where, you know, I don't think a Tony Adams or a Patrick Vera would have allowed that. I mean, they probably would have shouted at or given a good rollicking to the players that's like, you know, bombing out, like they're not covering each other. They were like, there's just nothing of that. Like, that's Koscielny's job as captain. But it seems like the captaincy is just handed to almost everybody in the team that, you know, there's no real leader that will they will listen to. I mean, it's, it's gone through from Wenger to become also... I mean, I find it also a joke the way Emery is now also held the, the, the captain's arm. Because, I mean, one minute, it's almost like... I was like shattered out of the squad in the next game. He comes in, boom, he's captain. Then you think, huh? how does that make sense? And, uh, yeah, that is a, yeah, it's a big issue. This lead, like a true leader. We need, we need a proper leader. I think yeah. Kosh, with Kosh probably, you know, petering out, we need a, a captain, captain, who you can say he's going to be on the team sheet every week, not just somebody that's, you know, if he's on the team sheet, you'll be captain. If he's on the team sheet, you'll be captain. Because I, mean, I don't see... Because he's only really marshalling the defence. I mean, sometimes you do see it with, with um, Socrates. We, like, you know, when, they, when we start getting overrun, you get seized on the point, like, you know, you should be protecting us here. And you'll be, you know, sometimes you see him sometimes crap on Mustafi's head also because of the, you know, that lack of focus type of thing. Because I think another, say, uh, maybe a quicker defender next to Socrates would also help come next season. Yeah, maybe he won't be as reckless because, you know, yeah. some of those desperate tackles sometimes makes is because the Arsenal team is putting him in that position to have to make that challenge. Because yeah. I'm sure he, at, at, at Dortmund, uh, I didn't watch too much of his games, but I'm sure he wasn't as as um, loose-headed like he is in this Arsenal side. And I mean, you've seen also in games where it gets very, you know, feisty. He sometimes does try to calm the thing like at... at uh, Diak, uh, yeah, Diakabi in that game against Valencia that, you know, they, they, they kept on, you know, up in each other's faces, but he was always trying to be like, you know, the pay, a peacemaker. So I just think he does have a calming influence. It's just, you know, he gets himself in that position because the people left and right of him are kind of letting him down. Yeah, and there's another thing I wanted to mention. I read, like, you know, those clickbait type things, you know, where I read where they said, um, if Arsenal don't win, the Europa League to get in the Champions League, they're only going to get 40 million to spend. Nah, I mean, you know, to be honest, like you see these people put out these figures. I mean, my like my take is, look, you're going to get the fixed budget, which is like club to management, where they say, look, that's going to be the the money. But then they don't think some of these journalists don't think also of. That other money that comes in also from, you know, when you look at Adidas, that money comes in only July 2019, I believe, 1st of July, I think. Then that gets activated, which means that uh, the chunk of that money is also going to come our way. Because you can't tell me, uh, like this Ornstein guy knows the exact amount that's going to be, you know, passed on from that. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. 
Because I just think there's other money also coming in, I'm sure. And I mean, look, I don't know if there's, there's a whole thing with Emirates also, if they're going to uh, bump up money also with regards to stadium uh, naming rights and that. But I, I still think there's more money coming because <clears throat> ever since that time, also with Obama Young, where everybody said, also don't have money to buy in January. And then they ended up splashing all that money on Obama Young. There is money. It's just how it's going to be spent, number one. But I mean, number two, also don't believe also everything you read. And anyways, so something else as well as that. I don't know, you know how also true this is, but is there any truth with this Man City thing that they could be banned from the Champions League for a season because of that, you know, the, something of their misleading with their finances? I mean, to be honest, you have to see it to believe it because everything that comes out of UEFA slash FIFA's mouth or mouths, always, so they talk a big game, but when it comes to it and they get challenged in arbitrary court or uh, the, the, the the fine or sentence is appealed, you know, normally come off scot-free because, I mean, look at that Chelsea start, uh, about start or a few months of the season, they were supposed to get a what, two season, a two year ban and yeah. down to one and even the one is being appealed. So I don't even know if Chelsea will get the ban because as I said with, with the, the, the Man City thing, it's all talk. I mean, look, these teams should somehow get uh, some are not, I wouldn't say just fine. Other sort of action must be also taken against because PSG have done almost like the same thing and they also got away with it. And I mean, for me, it, it doesn't put everything on a, a normal playing field if you're going to keep on with it. Because look, Arsenal's put himself in a situation where we've now gone and said, oh yeah, we're going to stick by FFP. And now you have teams doing their own thing, play, like, you know, almost like overspending compared to what they're making. And look where that's got us, eh? Look where sticking to the FIFA fair play has, has gotten us, or the financial fair play, sorry, has gotten us. It's, it's, we, 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 we went from, you know, a team that was guaranteed a top spot in the top four. We're now, like, you know, falling behind the picking order. So sometimes we can't always just play by the rules or, the, like you said, FIFA and UEFA have to put down or the yeah. FA even should put down strict laws and stand by it. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to... Uh, make us an example of somebody eventually. So, uh, that's you know, because you can't just talk a big game and not do anything. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything that you wanted to add from your side still? Or? Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, with regards to next week's podcast, we're just going to do a Europa League uh, build-up show and, like, you know, go through our progression in the tournament. Maybe also touch on our opponents for the final Chelsea, like, with regards to their key players, their key injuries, and, you know, what to expect maybe on the final. But, I mean, I would like to end the podcast off now. I wish you guys a fantastic weekend. hope you guys enjoy whatever football the East still floating around on TV. Good <laughs> Bye, guys. Enjoy the weekend.